Pod. And we're back. <laughs> Hello, Fers. I'm your host, Internet Keith. Welcome to the NFL edition of Football and Other F Words. That's tradition. Joined by some hooligans here. We've got Zebo, Zach Lyons. How you doing, Zebo? <sighs> I didn't really think of anything fun to say other than fuck Buffalo. Fuck them. With their lake effect snow. That's yeah. a shout out to Mr. Lebowski, who's not here. Um, we've got Mike Miracles, Mike Herndon. How are you doing? I'm currently caught in one of Lebowski's electricon systems. It's not <laughs> oh, great. No. It's not great right now. Oh, no. Well, at least you have your Fortnite controller. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a plus. Yeah. It's Mike's all that's getting me through. real big into Fortnite. Yeah. I've, I, I've actually never played that game because <laughs> I'm an old man. Oh. <laughs> Uh, well, if you want to come down and, and listen to us old men record a podcast live. It's just going to be a bunch of people talking about millennials and how they've ruined this country. We're probably not even going to get to football. We're probably, <laughs> probably just gonna, not. <laughs> we're just going to scream everyone to get off their lawn. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you want to come down and see uh, the F-Words boys, the hooligans are themselves. That's us. Live, in person, buy a beer, hang out. Maybe get on the podcast yourself. Uh, April 20 the 5th. We're going to be doing a live podcast at Corner Pub downtown. Yeah. That's 151 North 5th Avenue, Nashville, Tennessee. Whoa, is it? It, it is. is. Oh, wow. That's exactly where it is. It's, uh, it's in underneath the 505 building. Yeah. It's huge. It says 505 out front. Can't glowing letters. Cannot miss it. Numbers. They have numbers. valet. They have valet. Yeah. Uh, it's just a few blocks away from Broadway and all the other draft stuff. Yeah, so if you if, want to go down and, yeah. and if you want to come by and say hello and then make your way down into the the you know pits of hell that is sure to be Broadway um, that night, yeah, you're born welcome to. And what's good about it is that if you're staying at the Renaissance Tower, yeah, or is the Renaissance Hotel, Renaissance not the Hotel. Tower. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. that's a Florence, Alabama coming out at <laughs> me. Uh, that's just up the street. Mm-hmm. If you're staying at the Courtyard Marriott, just down the road. Yeah. And then if you're staying at Homewood Suites, we're right there, too. Basically, we're everywhere. We are we're everywhere. accessible. And right now, as it stands, I believe that we may be the only Titans podcast broadcasting live that has a bar set up for it. Yeah. That would be something. Yeah, that, would that would be, would something. be something. We've come a long way, boys. Yeah. We're going to have special guests, too. We're going to have really good guests. Buck Rising yeah. and Travis Haney, who mm-hmm. might get in a fist fight. Yo, that would great. be great. I would uh, love to see that. We're who, have, who you guys got money on if that happens? Ooh. Travis. But Buck's Ooh. probably too worried about his manicure or that's something. True. <laughs> that's true. That's, I'm, I'm taking Buck. No, yeah. it's yeah. Travis all day long. I mean, I, I mean, I've seen them both in person. I'm much more scared of Travis because Travis looks like he's got a, got like a, a crazy short temper. I Do you feel think like. so? He's got crazy so? eyes. Okay. I don't know. I think if you get a few beers in the Buck, I think he'd, he'd fight dirty. I think if you get a few beers in Buck, I don't think oh. he can see. <laughs> oh, I, I think I think Buck might be a hair puller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, there's going to be Buck Rising, uh, Travis Haney, Jimmy Morris, and Justin Graver from Titans Film Room, and also... Teron Davenport. That's right. Maybe. Um, <laughs> probably. He's probably. probably. He's I mean, he, he's I, saw, he's I saw a I'll be there or I'll see you there or something, but yeah. let's just, let's. I mean, he's going to be busy, I feel like. Of all the guests that we have, I feel like he's going to be I mean, a good Buck, chance for Buck the Buck and Travis aren't doing anything that day? I don't think Buck's going to be. Well, come join us from uh, 2 to 5 p.m. on uh, that Thursday of the draft, the first night. 
And uh, if you don't want to go back and rewind and try to figure out what I just said, just go to fwordspodcast.com slash blog. Blog. fwordspodcast.com slash blog. Um, so let's talk about NFL stuff now that we got all that housekeeping out of the way. Uh, the NFL announced a new pass interference rule. Uh, there's going to be replay review. Um, so from what I understanding, it is it has to be a coach's challenge for the first whatever minutes of the quarter or half, and then in the last two minutes, it becomes a booth review call, right? Right. Yeah. And and it, they're not adding any other challenges, so there's not really a high risk of slowing down the game than what it's already been slowed down because you still have to get the challenge right. So even if they were to challenge an offensive, maybe maybe it will increase the frequency. But I, I don't I don't really think that being that it's such a hard call and such a it's very a subjective call almost unless it's really really blatant right uh, so you're still gonna have to use them wisely you're not just gonna be able to throw everything I'm not a big believer in the fact that the coaches have so much power or have so much responsibility. I think they really could have taken a page out of the AEF and got this right. But Sky I, Judge. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm okay. I mean, I, I think it may not solve all of our problems, but it's definitely going to prevent, you know, teams like the Rams, who sh- probably should not have gone into the Super Bowl, you know, and it's really. DeAndre Hopkins, if you have him in fantasy, this is bad news for you because <laughs> his offensive pass interference is. I would just, if he catches the ball, throw it. <laughs> I mean, and that's kind of why I'm a little I don't I'm not crazy about this rule to be honest. And I know like I'm all in favor of them getting every call right, and you hate to see a bad call like the what happened in the Rams Saints game affect the season in such a huge way like it right. did. But at the same time, part of my problem with replay has always been that it's like. Every time a touchdown is scored, it's like, oh, is it going to be reviewed or, oh, crap, you know, you, you aren't really sure. Like, you, you aren't able to, like, just react in real time to the play. You're, like, always constantly kind of, like, looking over your shoulder, like, is this about to be taken away? Well, now it's, like, every long pass play, I, I feel like the coaches are incentivized to throw the challenge flag, whether they're – like, if there was even a hint of contact between the corner and the wide receiver – whichever team ended up on the downside of that long pass, throw the challenge flag. See if maybe the guy grabbed him or the, you know, the referee sees it a certain way or whatever and, and take a shot because those can be game swinging plays. Right. And I think you are going to see an increase in challenge usage because, you know, while they're not increasing the number of challenges coaches have, they are going to increase. I mean, th- these are more plays that they can use them on and they're often big plays. I mean, that that's the thing. Like, you know, no coach is going to challenge a four-yard gain or anything like that. But uh, I don't know. Uh, Philbin may. Oh, yeah. Luckily, he's not head coach anywhere. Right. But if uh, if it's a 50-yard pass play, uh, you know, it's probably worth the challenge, even if it's more speculative than anything, to throw it out there and see if maybe you get lucky, you know, yeah. especially if you're getting towards the two-minute warning and you still have your challenges. The left. thing I'm interested in seeing is um, – Towards the end of a game, if you've got timeouts left or something like that, if you're just throwing that just for shits and gigs. I would. And then also, are, I wanted to see how prevalent it is used from the defensive side of the ball as well, from like pick plays and that sort yeah. of thing. Like, are you just going to throw a flag if you get burned on a like pick play in the end zone? Like, I would. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
I think you're going to see challenge usage go way up. I, I mean, honestly, if if a coach is not using all his challenges in a game, I I might have some questions about that at this point because now it's like there's going to be contact on a lot of these pass plays, and it, you know. So so, what's the solution? Sky judge. Sky I, judge. I'm, I'm a big fan of the sky judge just because quickness, flow of the game. It's not a challenge thing, like. Just get the call right and move on. Like that that's yeah. the idea of Sky Judge, and that's I think the approach that they need to take. It doesn't yeah. stop the game. Oh, now he's throwing the red flag. Now we gotta go talk about it. What are you challenging, coach? Oh, yeah. well, I'm challenging that X, Y, and Z happen. Oh, well, I don't know if you can challenge that. Well, you know, in there's yeah. this back and forth, and then they gotta go into the magic hood and look at the play. <laughs> the magic hood. And they're like sitting there, oh, well, I don't know. Did he get his foot? I gotta see seven different angles of this, you know, in yeah. ultra slow-mo and you know. All the while, everyone in the stands is just like looking at each other, like watching some guy, like asshole, try to guess the temperature, <laughs> you know. And, and I hate that part of it. I just hate it. Why can't we have one guy in the booth go, "Hey, that was that was not you messed up that call. We need to fix it. Ball needs to go on this yard line. Go." And, and all by radio, and that it's just done. Then you make the change, announce it, and move on. You know, I kind of wonder if there were more. Uh if the sky judge wasn't in the AAF and they had more idiot assholes guessing the sponsored <laughs> segment of the temperature, yeah, they probably wouldn't have folded. Here's my all that extra income. Here's my thing. I think that the coach should be able to challenge the the penalties or whatever. Uh, if he gets it wrong, he should have to answer what the temperature is currently in the stadium <laughs> within three degrees. Within three degrees, he gets the challenge back. I like that. I like yeah. that actually. If we're gonna do the stupid just guess the temperature games, then we <laughs> give, might it, as give well. stakes. No, he <laughs> should have to choose uh, the cr- the Kroger uh, <laughs> run. He should have to choose the mascot correctly. Always go yeah. Molly Moo. Always. <laughs> I I told everybody it's gonna be the last person who comes out of the tunnel. It's gonna win every time. That's not correct. Yeah, yeah. That is, you're proven wrong false. at the Colts yeah. game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This this seems like it's all about how it's executed, obviously, but. Yeah, this this seems coaches can't be trusted. Let, let's be honest here; they cannot be trusted with this responsibility because, as much as you want to think that they're being able to see every part of the game, and that's why they're such good coaches, they have limited eyesight. I yeah. mean, they're they're not they, their eyes are not attached to a drone that's above everything. So be cooler if it did. Yeah, be way cooler. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of human error and. I think it's a lot better if you had someone that had the help of technology right then and there. So I'm yeah. all in on Sky Judge. Yeah. Fr- from a Sky Judge G. From a coach's perspective, do you have somebody in the booth just watching for You should. Yeah. yeah. I, I think most coaches probably do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Checking I, for, for hey. Yeah. Might want to throw the flag on this one. Well, I think they'll now have these defensive assistants looking for I pass interference or offensive assistants specifically looking for offensive Yeah. Whatever. Just, they're looking for it. They're fucking looking for it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's let's move on to a segment we like to call Get Rooked. Take this for data. Take it. Um, take it, and take in, it hard. In this segment, we're going to be finding Jarrell Casey a, a BFF for F. For F. He needs a bud. He needs a bud. And uh, do you mind if I start? Go for it. It's already written that way. So <laughs> I am going with... Big old boy, Dexter Lawrence. Oh, Clemson. Lord, he coming. He a biggin'. He's a big old boy. He's a chonker. But 
He's an athlete. He's a full chonker. Yeah, well, he's a full he's chonker. He's a heckin' chonker, <laughs> as they say. 342 pounds, but he ran a 505.40. That's pretty good. And I think he may have even gone a little bit faster if he hadn't tweak, tweaked his hamstring at some point. Isn't it like – it's like a ham bone at that point, Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. It's a ham hock. <laughs> he, he, too, is the love of my life with 10.5-inch hands. Dexter. His hands are big. Not as big as Hakeem Butler's hands, but they're pretty big. He I put bet up, they're more filled out, though. They probably are. Oh, they're sausage fingers. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, they're kind of like Ed Dick fingers. <laughs> uh, he put up 36 reps on the bench press, which is an ungodly amount of, of to, to, to bench. That's a lot. Um, he's probably, I, I would say you could, you could make an argument for other players, but I think he's the best example of a true nose tackle in the high end of the rounds. Oh, 100%, yeah. Uh, he ranked fourth in pass rush productivity, uh, according to PFF. He's not he's not really there for the sacks, and that's not necessarily what you need from him as far as what Casey needs. Casey needs someone that requires people to compensate their game plan for him. And he is 342 pounds of just pure driven, just goes and goes and goes. And he is just one of those players that I think people are are unnecessarily low on just because you have Christian Wilkins, you have Clellan Farrell. He seems to be the kind of the odd man out because he's not in that sexy role. But he's you also can, eating the space for those guys to go out and perform a lot too. I mean, they do a lot on their own, but, I mean, you got to remember, he's, he's performing – I mean, he's taken up just massive loads of yeah. up is, on that field. Is there a less sexy position to draft high? Probably, probably offensive line. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I really do think guard yeah. could be just as unsexy. That's true. But uh, here it's I am over three. here salivating for yeah. a guard in the first round. <laughs> we're we're it, it's weird because outside of maybe wide receiver and edge, our two most important parts are on the, the uh, needs are. The unsexiest parts of the whole draft. Last year's defensive player of the year was yeah. defensive tackle. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you had Sue, who was next to him, who helped take up a lot of double teams in space. And Sue didn't put up great sack numbers, but he sure did help that team. Yeah. I think one of the the big things about him is he's not very loose, and he doesn't have a lot of rush counters. So what that means is that he's not shifty. Yeah. Not a shift. I mean, he's 342 pounds. I don't know why you're expecting <laughs> him to be shifty anyway. But he, he's, he doesn't have a lot of technique and refinement to him. But that's okay because what you want him to do is just maul everything in his path. Yeah. Got a lot and, of horsepower and torque. Yeah. And he's, he's very basic as far as technique goes. And I think that... That sounds a, like he won a JD yeah. Power and Associates award over here. He did. Sorry. He uh, he won over Dodge Ram. <laughs> I, the the big thing is is from that he had sixty four hurries in his career, but twenty one of those came from twenty eighteen, and he had a really really great first year in twenty sixteen. And I think that's why maybe people are a little bit down on him is because he never had as good a year as he did that year in twenty sixteen. But he he's still really good and really effective, and he's exactly what he's to me. 
there, there's a couple other people on the defensive line, but if you're looking for the true 3-4 nose tackle, and he could play 4-3, and he could play 3-4, which is, again, something that we want, multiplicity. But if you're looking for that true nose tackle that you can probably get the most or probably will help out uh, Jarrell Casey a lot, in the second round, is probably he's probably going to be there in a second. I think he's a pick that I don't think he's first round like I've seen in a couple of mocks. It's kind of like Hakeem Butler. Trade down maybe high or low end of the first round or high end of the second round, but I think he's a great value at 51. So I, I've really gone up and down on Dexter Lawrence because my first thought was this giant guy, you know, he's really a nose tackle. That's like a 20-something percent snap count guy currently in the NFL typically. But, you know, the more I looked into him, he does offer some pass rush ability in the fact that, like you said, he's not going to get a lot of sacks, but he does push the pocket. Um, And that's going to help guys like Landry and Wake and Casey who are going to be – especially Landry and Wake who are going to be coming around the edge. And if Dexter Lawrence is in the middle not giving him – not giving the quarterback space to step up into – you know, that makes the edge rusher's job easier. Um, So I've come around on him a little bit, actually, and I think he's not too different from, like, Vita Vey, who was uh, the 12th overall pick last year. And then Some people said Don Terry Poe, which I thought was a pretty good one from what I saw. Hello, Dinata, you know, way back in the day. You know, there's definitely a prototype for him to be successful in the NFL. Um, The question is... Can he rush the passer well enough or push the pocket well enough to stay on the field on pass rushdowns? And, and if he can, I think you could certainly look at him, you know, towards the end of the first round, you know, maybe certainly in the second round at that point. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think he's an interesting guy. Um, do you think he's, do you think he could, he could stay on the field for that kind of stuff? Or is he going to be a early down guy who then comes off for, for a pass rusher. Well, I'm looking at his snap counts through college, and he pretty much was either more or just slightly less. So let's look at this. In 2018, 239 pass rush snaps, 205 run snaps. 208 in 2017 for pass rush, 213 for the run, and then 16, 319 for the pass rush, 281 for the run. I mean, I... When he had the his two highest pass rush snap counts were his two best quarterback hurries and hits. So I think he can, and I think he's I I look at it this way, and I thought this was probably another good comparison. Is someone said uh, that I think it was player profiler said uh, Sean Rogers. Okay, yeah. Which I can see that Sean Rogers wasn't anything spectacular. But he was effective, mm-hmm. so I think that I think if you're looking at it, I think Dexter Lawrence can play or work him. I think this team can work him into the pass rushing, not take him off the field. I will say he does solve a, a problem that the Titans have had. You know, in ever since we switched to the three four, basically, is we've never really truly seen a. Uh, real nose tackle right. uh, on this team. I, I was a big proponent of going and getting Brandon Williams when he was a free agent. I think it was two years ago now. 
um, for that reason. And because Brandon Williams is another one of those guys, like you, kind of like Dexter Lawrence. Um, I don't think he's quite as big as Dex, but he's a good athlete for his size and, and really his, his number one game is power, but he's good enough athlete to stick on the field on, on passing downs if you need him to. So, um, yeah, I think he'd, he'd be an interesting fit. Yeah, you wanted to talk about a certain Gold Domer. Yes, so um, this is a guy that I have really fallen for throughout the draft process that I really didn't expect to have. Just uh, sounds like every romantic comedy. Yeah, it is. This is I like wasn't really expecting to fall in love. Man, man watches boy on tape. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh no. All right, we're starting to smell Welcome to football and other F-words. I'm, I'm on a lot of lists now. Woo! Uh, but my... Uh, my Lord. My, <laughs> my draft crush is, uh, is one Jerry Tillery uh, from Notre Dame. An adult man. <laughs> he is an adult man. Uh, he's a super... <laughs> If no, you said that no. at the listen, if you said that the live show, <laughs> someone is some woman is going to go out, find a cop, and have you arrested. Now everything I say is going to sound really bad, but yeah, uh, here I'm, we go. I'm here for it. Well, it's All not. Right. It's not that. I mean, what you said was pretty bad. <laughs> so the first thing that stands out about Tillery is he's a super long. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he is. This is going to really be a rough one say. to get through. Here. Um, so he's a really long athlete. He's uh, over six foot six inches tall. He's two hundred ninety five pounds. So he doesn't necessarily look like your typical interior. He's defensive very Ed Oliver esque, and that's what I noticed in a bunch of these interior defensive linemen in this class. They're very tweeners. A lot of yeah, he's he's not like a big like like he's not like a a fat guy. Like he is a tall. He's he's almost Calais Campbellish. Oh yeah, that's um, good. I like that from from that aspect. But uh, one comp that I've seen from Mike Renner of uh, PFF, who's um, he's one of these guys. He's he's big into edge rushers, and he loves Tillery as PFF really as a group seems to love Tillery. Um, but he compared him to Chris Jones, or basically he really called him a, a more athletic version of Chris Jones, which is. Pretty high praise considering Jones is one of the best interior pass rushers in the NFL currently. Um, but he's got long arms, huge hands. Um, he's a good athlete. Ran the 4.93 in the 40. He had a 4.33 second uh, short shuttle. His three cone was 7.45, which isn't great, but it's not bad either, especially for a guy his size. Um, He's he's a very athletic player on tape, and he's one of the more polished pass rushers from the interior that you're going to see. He's a guy that I think could easily fit in to the Daquan Jones role that the Titans currently have in their base defense. So he's going to be playing probably the four or five technique across from Jarrell Casey. Um, and he can offer you some pass rush pass rush ability there, but then you can also line him up either inside or outside uh, on nickel packages and uh, a front four of Wake, Casey, Tillery, and uh, uh, Landry would be a pretty fearsome group coming after the passer because Tillery is one of the best pass rushers on the inside in this class. Uh, last year he had um, eight sacks, uh, seven quarterback hits, and 33 hurries per uh, And didn't PFF he do sacks. all that with a torn labrum? He did. He was playing with a torn labrum. Where's um, your labrum? In your and, chest, right? 
Uh, shoulder. Yeah. That's oh, that's sad. not great. Shoulder. That's not great if you're pushing around huge men. Yeah. yeah he didn't. He did not care. Yeah. <laughs> and if you watch his game, his game against Stanford is legitimately one of the best tapes I've seen of any player in this entire draft class. Like he dominated Stanford, and Stanford is going to put at least one of their guards into the NFL this year, Nate Herbig, and um, most of their most of Stanford puts out a lot of talent. Yeah. So it's not like you know he's doing this against. Uh, you know, St. Mary's or somebody like that. But um, Tillery's a really, really good player. There's two things with him that seem to come up as negatives. And I think one of them is stems from two incidents that happened in the same game, actually, in 2016 when Notre Dame was playing uh, USC. Um, Tillery, apparently this was, I think his, uh, sophomore year, the first time he was really getting a lot of playing time there and he, a player got injured and it actually turned out to be a head injury. Although I don't know that he knew that at the time that this happened, but he, you can see him on tape. He kind of walks by and his foot is against the helmet of the player. And he just kind of like kicks at him and pushes his helmet um, which, you know, obviously looked pretty bad, especially after it was reported that the guy was had a head injury. Um, so that, that wasn't great. And then later in the same game, he actually you clearly intentionally steps on a player's ankle, a USC player's ankle who's on the ground. So a couple dirty plays, he kind of got a bad reputation from those two plays. And I totally get that. Um, I, you know, I've seen the tape of both of those. And I think, you know, that's a shitty thing to do for sure. But I will say that, since then, we haven't had any incidents of him repeating that action. So maybe it was just one game where he got a little bit hot or you never know with these things. Maybe they're doing something to him that didn't get caught on tape and he's retaliating, that kind of thing. Not to excuse it, but two years without an incident makes me feel a little bit better about that situation. And frankly, we had Albert Hainsworth here, um, you know, and Dominican Sue has had a reputation for this kind of thing in the NFL. You don't love to see it, and you certainly like don't go out of your way to get it. But if a player is a really good player, ultimately you're, you're going to overlook a stupid personal foul penalty every now and then. Um, and then the other thing with him that comes up is this vague – talk about him not loving football or being, you know. There's always a few awful. of those that feel like every year. And, and I, I think he's getting the Josh Rosen treatment, frankly, because Rosen got a lot of this crap, and it was because he was, uh, you know, a guy that, that was interested in other things besides football. Not that he doesn't love football, but he also has other interests. And Tillery's a lot the same way. I, I did some research on Tillery because you kept hearing people say, oh, well, He's got some off the field question marks or he's got, you know, people question his his work ethic or question his like desire to play play the game. It really it comes from he's a guy that likes to check the Nasdaq stock report in the <laughs> locker room. He, he's an economics major, so he's a little bit different like he's regularly seen like reading the Wall Street Journal in the locker room. He's uh he cooks, he wants to travel the world, all these kind of things. That to me is not a red flag if you're looking at hiring <laughs> well, someone. We're just for about a to job. have a coach that's going to do 20 minute uh, intervals for phone breaks. So are right. we really going to start dinging a guy? The least, at least he's looking at Nasdaq on his phone and not Snapchatting some hoe bag. Exactly. I mean, like since when did being a 
worldly human being and an educated person become a red flag. Like, it's that's so weird how that happens head. with like him and then with like Xavier Rhodes or whatever, the guy who's like the Rhodes Scholar, it's like yeah. lauded as like this excellent thing. And it's like, why can why can't we just say that this guy has other interests and yeah. he's kind of a he's a different cat. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, the, this, this, this guy's like smart and like I mean it's like to be an economics major and a college football player is, is not exactly the easy road. I mean, right. a lot of these guys are going and being like, not to disparage anyone's major, but, you know, general studies or, you know, something very basic and yeah. like taking what is perceived to be an easier path academically. Economics is not exactly an easy path academically. So, I, you know, I respect a guy like that. You know, maybe some people don't in the scouting community, but... Uh, it it actually made me like him more as a player because I, I think he's an interesting human being. Would you take him at nineteen? I think there's a chance that he's in play there. Yeah, because I know everyone had been saying, "Oh, he's a second or third round guy early in the draft process." But to me, he's a guy that seems to be a riser, and and more and more people, the more they watch him, get more intrigued by him. And I know PFF has him as a top ten prospect in the entire class, so. Um, there's, I think there's a real chance that he is a guy that's in play at 19 now that the Titans haven't been connected to him yet. Now they've been connected to guys like Wilkins and they've been connected to Jeffrey Simmons. So I, I think they're shopping in his neighborhood. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's a guy that ends up coming they're up. They're just not on his street. Yeah. Not they're yet. not knocking not on yet. his door yet. Let me ask you a question. Who would you rather take financial advice from Jeffrey, T- Jerry Tillery or Carl Nassib? Mm, I'm gonna go Tillery. Yeah, I'm gonna go Tillery. Mm. I mean, Nassib sounded. I mean, he knew a, a, a little something, but I mean, who's getting a 10 percent interest rate? His his example <laughs> was ridiculous. 10 percent interest, dude. I mean, come on, come on. What what bank is giving out 10 percent? Nassib, Nassib Bank, Nassib. Um. All right. Well, I guess we should take a break, right? Yeah, I guess. Let's uh, let's hear. Let's see. No, excited. <laughs> oh, We're sorry. excited to hear from our sponsors. Oh, yes. our sponsors I've, are the best. Yeah, I think this one is going to be the guy that talks about someone riding a bike up a hill with cocaine shoved up his ass or something. And that one does play a lot. Yeah. I like that one. <laughs> that one always gets my I'd attention. Listen. I'd like to. Yeah. I'd like to hear more examples of people with stuff shoved up their butt <laughs> that gets caught. But you know, I guess we're just going to be stuck with cocaine guy. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Okay. Well. Um, Let's talk. What's shoved up your butt, Keith? Tom Brady's <laughs> retirement tweet was shoved up my butt recently. <laughs> that wasn't did funny. You, did you read it? Yeah, it was I didn't dumb. know if you were actually on Twitter at the, at the time. I, I didn't read it on Twitter. <laughs> I read it I read it on an article on a website that posted the Twitter post. It, it wasn't funny. Uh, it was stupid. Tom, I mean, it was a it was like worse than dad joke level bad. Tom Brady is not one of us. And, yeah. and here's the thing. I fucking hate April Fool's Day. Yeah, same. hate it. You guys I mean, are a bunch of. I, I could tell you. Point? You guys probably get pranked all the time. No, 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 no. It's not because it's not about pranks. April Fool's Day now is all about telling a lie, making a bunch of people believe it, and then being like, "Ah, you sucker! You believe me when I told you something." That's not funny. That's but what, what, what about the uh, guy on ESPN uh, that everybody hates, Tom Waits or whatever his name is? Uh, that's definitely not. That's definitely not. I don't. I don't know. That's <laughs> but, a Tom Waits. But uh, 
He he. They asked him to be on the show, and everybody apparently hates him. And then on oh, Bomani Jones' show, and then Bomani Jones shows up, and then the guy realizes, oh, it's April Fool's. Y'all really don't want me to be on the show, and he leaves that's like so really mean. upset. That's terrible. That's <laughs> awesome. That's so mean. <laughs> I, I do. So I will say I will give some respect to the ones that are more thoughtful and planned out, like the. Uh, uh, Sean McVay oh, yeah, prank he pulled on Cliff Kingsbury. I, I think that one's good because that took a little bit of coordination. What do you do? A little bit of thought. So McVay and Kingsbury were having dinner with Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Um, and Which is so weird. That's I a under- weird combo. I understand yeah. Cliff and Mahomes. Yeah. I'm not really sure the, com- the McVay connection there. Yeah. I think it's just that, like a handsome guys thing. They oh, just gotcha. all are oh. on the group Well, text. why is Mahomes there? I don't know. He's I'm upset that I didn't know question. that that exists. <laughs> I guess that means never mind. Yeah, <laughs> we're they're just all on a group text yeah. and they're like, "Hey, you want to get dinner?" Uh, but <laughs> so so they're like, "Yeah, sure." It's pretty good Mahomes. That, that, that was a good Mahomes. So McVeigh, Mahomes and uh Kingsbury are all at dinner and uh McVeigh had gotten a buddy of his. He had changed a buddy of his his, uh, contact info in his phone to read Roger Goodell. And uh, he told him, you know, his buddy was in on the joke or whatever. So his buddy texts him while he's at dinner. And he was like, "Uh, Sean, I can't, like, from from Roger Goodell is how it shows up on his phone. It says, Sean, I can't believe uh, you guys are out at dinner with Patrick Mahomes right now. You should know better than this. I'm docking both of you draft picks. Um, and he shows, he, he like, you know, McVeigh plays it up. He's like, fuck man. He shows, he shows Kingsbury the phone and he said Kingsbury was like freaking out. Like he thought he (laughs) He told him, he told him you better call Steve Kime. Yeah. He he was trying to get him to call his GM and say it, but then I guess they squashed it before it got to that point. That's hilarious. Apparently he was like scared. He was going to lose the number one overall pick. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I wonder if he texted Kyler and was like, I'm not going to be able to get you baby. (laughs) Tom Tom Brady doing what he did was not funny. People yeah. were just like all about it, like Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter. Yeah, I Brady's mean, I guess if I guess funny. if he dressed up his penis as a clown, they would just think that's the most hilarious <laughs> thing in the world. Yeah, yeah, I I got got. <laughs> I wonder, on I wonder April what Fools. Giselle was. I got got. There was some there was some like uh, website that it's like a news website. They posted that Spotify had been sold to Google. Um, and I started telling people, I was like, I can't believe this happened. And then I was like, see, they were like, are you sure it's April fool's day? And I was like, son of a bitch. Now I look like a friggin' idiot. But That's like something that's believable. That could happen. Right. You know, like, well, that's what makes it funny. No, because no, he not. went around and started telling people. No, it's just a lie. And then like, <laughs> it, it's just lying. Know, Lor- it's not April fool's day. It's April lying day. It's lying from a reputable news source. Yeah. L- Lauren almost got me because I opened up this picture uh, for, and uh, she sends me Instagram stuff. D- she DMs me Instagram posts or whatever. I saw Slide that. into the DMs, huh? Yeah. Bold oh, yeah. from the fiance. I saw, uh, <laughs> I saw that she sent me something from Rose Pepper Cantina. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I do, I open it up and it's the rock behind a bar that looks obviously like a tequila bar. And I'm thinking, if this motherfucker is at Rose Pepper Cantina and we missed it, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> and I read the whole thing. And luckily at the end, in one of the many hashtags they threw, they flooded in and mixed in April Fool's. I was like, oh, nice. thank God. Almost got me. Almost, Almost got me. I just hate that day. Yeah, now I'd invite dumb. all of you to not participate next year. Yeah, let's cancel it. It's the <laughs> ultimate April Fool's joke is to cancel April Fool's. Yeah, it's over. 
It um, had a good run. So tell me about Joey Bosa in Game of Thrones. I haven't heard about this. Uh, he's going to be on Game of Thrones. What? 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 Did you have y'all, neither of y'all? No. Well, I'm a oh, fan shit. of both the wait, NFL wait, was and this Game wait, of Was this an April Fool's joke? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I better go check. Now that I'm thinking about it, because it came on if yesterday. You got got. Oh, if you got oh. got on Game of Thrones. Oh, after after, after Zebo was so adamant about how great <laughs> April Fool's oh, is. That would be good. I just would have realized that. I think that would have been hilarious. Hold they, on. They have had like Ed Sheeran and weird people on. Yeah, so yeah, it wouldn't have. be out of the ordinary. They had the guys from Mastodon on, I think, too. Yeah. yeah. Hold on, hold on. It, I mean, it was, it was on NFL.com. <laughs> That's really <laughs> funny if that's true. You got had. It's a good chance. Good chance I did. Joey Bosa to make appearance on Game of Thrones. It's, it was published on April 1st, so not well, too is sure. Is there another website that says that, or is that the only one? Uh, I'm not sure. Hold on. Or or But what if this other website might be just reporting that they saw it on NFL.com because no one would suspect NFL.com of lying to its readers. <laughs> You really worked up about this. <laughs> I hate that day. It's dumb. It is stupid, but you're yelling right now. I am. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> there, there's a few places. I get a little so, hot. So, I get a few places, so plausible. Reportedly will appear. Reportedly? H- reportedly will appear. <laughs> cool, not cool. Do what? you care? I think it's Do you, cool. Would you have cared more if it was an April Fool's joke? <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been funnier oh. if it was an April Fool's yeah. joke. But, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing he's probably not going to have any speaking lines, so it's no. probably going to be him wearing a helmet, like looking fierce in a battle or something like that. Yeah. So I don't fierce. I mean, Very we'll fierce. see it. We'll see if I notice him. Yeah. yeah. In an episode, he's going to be pretty big. He's going to be. I would assume he's going to be a lot larger than some of the other people out there. Was it Nick or Joey? Did you say Joey? Joey. Okay, that's going to be one ugly dude. So Joe I'll Dog. probably <laughs> notice him. It'll be Joe Dog. Okay. Um. So let me ask you, which football player would you want to see in, in a Game of Thrones battle? Aaron Donald, hands down. Aaron Donald? And I think he could take the mountain in a real fight. <laughs> no. Like no. the uh, actor? Or yeah. Like Come the actor? On. Well, the mountain. Him? I mean, isn't... Is what I mean, is it, act- Magnus... Uh, Vaughn Magnuson or whatever? Yeah. 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 Magnus or Savon, I think I think Aaron Nordic. Donald could take him. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put anything past Aaron Donald. Yeah. That. I don't know. It depends. If you're giving a strong man a fucking hammer and he's just swinging it at you, you're going to cave in some armor doing that. What about that uh, Eagles uh, tackle that was a former rugby player? Uh, like What's his name? Like Jordan Mailata or something like that. He's a Samoan dude. He's like 6'8", 350. Yeah. I want to see him on Game of Thrones. Yeah, that'd be... I could see that. I could see that. What about you, Keith? Oh. Uh, Give me Jerry Tillery. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Now, Dexter Lawrence. I want the I want the biggest man possible. Old D Law. Yeah. I like it. Uh he can't be D Law because that's uh the other Lawrence, Demarcus. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, I thought he's Tank Dex, Lawrence. No, he's Dex Law now. Yeah, Dex Law. I like Dex Law. Dex's Law sounds like a CBS show. <laughs> Procedural. <laughs> right after God friended me. Yep. And Bull. Um or Lil Sheldon. Jason Witten's hair is all that it says. <laughs> <laughs> he's bald now. He he's went reverse again? Urlacher. Wait, he's bald again? He shaved his head. Oh. Yeah, Jason Witten. When was he ever bald? Is this his Britney no, Spears he, Here's the era? thing. He, he was a Bef- buzz cut. No, but before he got uh, the Monday night job, he was losing his hair. Like, he was very clearly balding. And then all of a sudden, he shows up for Monday night football with, like, 
this perfect yeah. hairline. He shaved it all off. He got have y'all even been on the internet? I feel like I can't believe I have to explain all this. Stuff. I I mean I'm not following Jason Harris. <laughs> well, I mean it's just all over the internet. <laughs> I just assumed it was April Fools. Are we sure <laughs> it wasn't April Fools? <laughs> I'm definitely sure it's not April Fools. <laughs> but I just wanted to say that he's bald now. He went reverse or locker. He's he's going full Britney Spears. Yeah, he's trying to get more aerodynamic. Yep, get that forty time under six. I don't know. That's weird. Did he get the LeBron James thing where it's like all of a sudden your hairline went back down? <laughs> he could. Get the what plugs, like hair plugs for men or something? I don't know. It's magic. It's rich people magic. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> will Shane Leckler get into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, he will retired. We see a punter? Him and uh, Janikowski were drafted the same year by the same yeah. team, which I don't yeah. didn't think they I knew. They were both drafted way too early for yeah. the position. I didn't yeah. think I, I knew that. That was that an Al Davis special. Yeah, yeah, I knew they played for the Raiders, but I didn't know that. Uh, would he? How he's made like six All-Pros, and he's been 10 and a half years, six All-Pros, seven Pro Bowls. I mean, he's, he's got a good resume, but... Definitely one of the better punters, I mean... I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Brett Kern, in my mind, is already a Hall of Famer. Of course. Of yeah. course. The Colonel. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think there's only one guy. I think yeah. It's only Ray Guy. It is Ray guy. guy. That's okay. it. So, I'm not putting him in, then. You're not putting him in? No. Just because you want it to just be Ray Guy and Brett Kern, or just because you just <laughs> want it to be Ray Guy? Yeah, I don't want it to spoil it for Kern when he averages 60 yards a punt next year. Yeah. So. yeah. When he averages one touchdown for every punt. Yeah. What do you think? Do you all think Jordy Nelson is Hall of Fame worthy? I don't. No. Yeah, I don't either. I think he's well, That's a short good. discussion. Yeah. I think if you're going to put him in, you have to put Derek Mason in. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that's, that. That's and, fair. and I really don't think Derek Mason is a Hall of Fame worthy. I could see Mason actually. Having oh my because, god! Because, listen, he he is the best. He's easily the best wide receiver in the Titans era of the Titans Oilers franchise. Yeah, not I mean, exactly easily. a tall order, right? And he's also <laughs> Drew easily, Bennett is number two. <laughs> he's also easily the best wide receiver in the history of the Ravens franchise. So better than Anquan Bolden. Yes. Better than Steve Smith? Yes. At the times that they played with the Ravens. Yeah. I feel like there was one that there's there's one wide receiver I'm missing. Dante Stallworth. No. They haven't exactly been a uh, bastion no, of receiving true. talent. But either. there was a really good one back in uh y'all keep on talking. I'm gonna look it up. I'm not sure I believe you. Yeah. But, uh it's probably April Fools. Um <laughs> It was Ricky Prohl the whole time. <laughs> he pulled off the mask, and it was just Ricky Prohl standing there. Well, I will say this. Derek Mason is their career receiving leader. I told you. He has like 6,000-something yards for two different teams. I think I was thinking Quadre Ismail. I think that's who Which, I was thinking. I'm pretty sure. Was he the Rocket? Or No, that was Rasheed. Uh, it was, yeah, Ra- Raheem was Raheem. the Rocket. And Quandry was the other. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, you don't want to be the wow, other Ishmael. Derek Mason is the, the receiving the leader for two teams? Yeah. Because he's uh, got to be the receiving leader. Well, not all time for the Oilers. For the Oil, if you count the Oilers. But, but just for the Titans, but he would be, Titans, right? Yes. That's crazy. Oilers yeah. is Jeffries, right? Um, Oilers, I believe, is... Good for him. Let's he put might. Derek Mason in the Hall of Fame. Let's at least put no, him. I think he's, it's Ernest Givens. Oh, I'm okay. sure it's Ernest yeah. Givens. Um, but yeah, I mean, Derek Mason. In how many career yards did Jordy Nelson have? Uh, uh, like less. 8, it 8, was eight thousand. He's got ten thousand. And Mason had 
I think he had six thousand with two different franchises. He fifty seven hundred with uh, the Ravens. Okay, so yeah, all, yeah, almost six thousand with them, and over six thousand with the Titans. So yeah, I, I think Mason. I, I think Mason has a sneaky Hall of Fame candidacy, even though I understand him not being in because I don't think he was ever considered like. He's probably never. God, considered I don't remember him never receiver. playing for Houston and uh, the Jets. Did he really? Yeah, I didn't know that. That was when he was thirty-seven. He split it. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. He, he, did he play in any games? You can't. You yeah. can't put him in. He was never like even in the top like five or ten at that position in the league. Yeah, I, I, that's that's kind of the argument against him, I guess. It's Got he, a lot of touchdowns. Pete was never. Yeah, sixty-six like touchdowns. There's something 12, to be said 000. for longevity, but yeah. it's not the Hall of very good for a long time. That's it's, true. You know, yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm talking with about, you. Talking about greats. No, don't start on this Frank Gore shit. You already know he's not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> he is. He's there. No. Incorrect. He's there. You're going to start a Frank Gore and Derek Mason wing of the Hall yeah. of Fame. The Hall of, Hall of the Very Good. Yeah. Um, let's, get a, let's get another edition of Get Rooked Take This for Data. Uh, who will give the Titans? <laughs> My God. <laughs> We don't have to do it if you're going to get upset. Zemo just throwing things around the studio. (laughs) Upsetting the dog. Who will give the Titans an edge at the edge position? You like that? Yeah. Edge at the edge? I like it. uh, I'm I'm going with this is, and people have noticed when I release mock drafts, that this player is always there. And I try to work him there. Always. Ben Banago. Banagoo. Is, is that how that's Banagoo. Is that how it's pronounced? Yeah, Banagoo. Banagoo? Okay. Banagoo. I've been wondering because I don't know. I absolutely love everything about him. And if I had to pick one player on this draft, in this draft that I would bet $100 on, that would be a Titan. It would be him. Really? I think we'll absolutely draft him. We've had come, we've gone his pro day, we've had workouts with him, we've talked to him. He is the reason I like him so much because. He's got production, he's got consistency, and he is a blank slate. So playing at TCU, apparently, which is this is a really weird story that I feel like should get a little bit more traction. TCU doesn't coach their defensive players or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm pretty sure that's not true, but well, I mean, they apparently, just forgot, or? apparently they never they don't teach, I guess, the tricks or the toolbox. They don't expand a player's toolbox. What mm. you got, they coach what you got. They don't ex- they don't expand it for you. It's nothing for it's you. They, maybe strange. they're not they're coaches, but not teachers. Okay, let's let's put it that way. Um, and he's a self taught player who has who had 8.5 sacks last year and 8.5 sacks this year. But over those two years, he had 45 tackles for losses. And in just 2018 alone, he had 43 hurries. That's insane. And I think that him being with Mike Vrabel, the rest of the defensive staff, and Cameron Wake, you're talking about a guy who is a blank slate who – has on 90% of, I think it was someone on the draft network said that on 90% of his moves are the club rip. So he's very limited in what moves he knows, but you're you're coming into a great situation with this team. Look what Vrabel did with Clowney. Look what he was able to get out of Landry, even though Landry was probably, you know, it was... he. 
he he's a teacher. This is what Vrabel does, and the a couple of things that knocks on him is not very flexible, but he can what he makes makes a he'll make up for speed in that regards because he can just. He, his first step explosiveness and quickness really just jumps off the screen, and he, he will destroy some tackles just on speed alone. He's not a dynamic run stopper, but he's very disciplined. However, he is an explosive tackler, and he just will knock some people out of their shoes. Very, it, A lot of the stuff I read reminded me a little bit of Rashawn Evans when the stuff I read you know, about him last year and saw about him last year was – that he just he plays. He's a football player. And when you have a football player and someone that's dedicated to at least teaching themselves how to get to the quarterback, think what they can do with a great teacher. Best his broad jump was 134, which is ridiculous. Uh, Especially for a 250-pound guy. His best trait is first-step explosiveness, like I said. Worst trait is his toolbox of pass rush moves. He doesn't have a lot of them, but again, Cameron Wake, Mike Vrabel, you're going to have Harold Landry there. I mean, you're going to have a lot of people that could teach him those moves. Best film is West Virginia. His worst film is uh, Ohio State. He's just a guy that I really like, and I really like the idea of someone being there that can just learn. And you're talking about a third to fourth round guy. He's going to be one of those people that you're going to be like, in a few years, you're going to wonder, how did everybody miss on him? Yeah. I, I really like Bonogu, too. I think, like you said, production, athleticism, you know, is definitely there. He's obviously could use some technique refinement, but like you said, Vrabel, Vrabel will help with that. But the there is a trio of guys, and Bonogu is one of them to me, that I, I think are kind of in that third-round range that – I would love to see if the Titans don't if the Titans decide to go offense early. And I know everyone wants a pass rusher and and I agree most of the time and I've got an, an article coming out that's going to get into this a little bit. Humble bracket. Um <laughs> uh but most of the time pass rushers if they're an elite pass rusher they're coming from the top of the draft. Um, but there is a, a trio of guys that I really like kind of in that middle round range. But no goose one. The other two are Max Crosby and uh, Jordan Brailford. Um, I need to watch him. Brailford from Oklahoma State. Uh, he's another guy, really good athlete. Um, had 10 sacks and 17 tackles for loss last year. It, it was kind of a breakout season for him, but he's, uh, you know, like Bonogu, he's a really good athlete, like really explosive guy. So those are the kind of guys that I would like to bet on in those middle rounds if you're going to wait on pass rusher. And I think you could end up finding a, a diamond in the rough there with one of those three. Um, but, yeah, I really like that pick. It's pretty crazy. He set the uh, broad jump record in the combine. Yeah. Isn't he's, that nuts? Yeah. And the Olympic record's only like a foot longer like half a foot longer Jeez. and he also posted a 40 inch vertical which is yeah. nuts he's he might be a bit explosive yeah right um he's an athlete as they say mike you want to talk about brian burns brian burns he sounds like a marvel superhero's name i, I always name. think he sounds like a i guess a, i'm thinking of monty burns but i, I always think he sounds like a simpsons character but, <laughs> um <laughs> brian burns not Excellent. a simpsons character uh, but he is an excellent pass rusher. Uh, 
so from Florida State, he's a longer, uh, longer athlete again. So, and you're going to see me trend towards the longer players on defense, especially simply because right now the Titans don't have any of those guys. They've got a lot of smaller, more compact guys on the defense, like Darrell Casey, Harold Landry, uh, you know, even Daquan Jones and Austin Johnson would fall under that description. Um, really the only guy with any length on that defense that they currently have. I mean, Cameron Weeks, a more compact guy. Uh, the, the guy with length that they currently have is Shree Finch, who I'm pretty high on from a long-term standpoint, but they, I, could, I think they could use that, use some additional length, uh, in that front seven, especially, um, it, length just creates issues for an offense at times, especially for interior offensive linemen who don't tend to be quite as, as long, but, uh, Burns is a longer guy. He plays on the edge. He's a, he's a. 6'5", 250 pound, 250 pound edge rusher. A big question was his weight coming into the combine. Some people thought he was going to weigh in in the 230s, which would obviously be really light for a 6'5 guy. But he he got in at 249, which is, was really good for him. And then he he didn't lose any of the explosiveness too. So it, this wasn't a situation where he just gained a bunch of weight for the combine, but then didn't test as well. He tested off the charts. He ran a four, five, three 40. Uh, he had a 36 inch vertical, 129 inch broad jump. So he was right behind uh, uh, your boy Bonogu actually in the broad jump. Um, he had a seven second three cone. So, I mean, he's got all the measurables you could want. And then you turn on the tape and this is one of the best benders that you're going to see. Um, Mike loves bend. I love he bend. He loves to bend. I was all about Harold Landry last year for this reason. But now Brian Burns is a guy that combines that bend and adds length and also adds counters. And that that's – I would say Burns is a better prospect coming out than Landry was last year. And I was super high on Landry and still am. Um, so obviously if the Titans had an opportunity and they have reportedly met with, and I, I think they actually spent a top 30 visit, they brought Burns into Nashville to, to sit down and spend a, a full day with him. Um, so there's clearly some interest there. I don't know if he's going to drop to 19. You're certainly not going to get him any lower than 19. Um, but this is a guy that knows what he's doing from a pass rush standpoint. He's able to chain together multiple moves, um, he's got a great inside spin move. He, he can, he's great with his hands. I mean, it, there's really not a whole lot to not like about Brian Burns from a pass rush standpoint. The one question you might have with him is how good of an edge setter he'll be in the run game. Uh, cause he's still a little bit light, but he was actually a pretty decent run, run defender at Florida state simply because he's a very, uh, he's very aware player. He can, he can read plays, react with leverage. Um, and he, he just, he's a football player. He knows what he's doing out there. Um, from a pass rush standpoint, he was, uh, he had, hang on. So sorry, I lost my, uh, spot here. He had eight and a half sacks his freshman year, uh, followed that up with four and a half his uh, sophomore year, and then his junior year this past season had 10, and he's improved his tackles for loss from 9.5 to 13.5 to 15.5 every year. So he finishes in three years with 23 sacks and 38 and a half tackles for loss, which is extremely good production. Um, I, d- I just think 
Burns is probably, from a natural talent standpoint, quite possibly the most talented pass rusher in this class. Um, and that includes Bosa. That includes um, uh, Josh Allen. So, Shots fired. So, and I'm not saying he's that's, necessarily that's a better all-around uh, player. You trash, Bosa. Yeah, you trash. <laughs> he's not a he's not a better all-around player necessarily. But from a pure t- pass rush talent standpoint, he might be the best in the class. Sure. Now, I could be misremembering, but when you first were going through the pass rushers a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. I think you said that you'd rather have Sweat than Burns because Burns is too much like Landry. Yeah, and was that was that right? Yeah, Did I get that right? Yeah, and I was initially attracted to Montez Sweat. <laughs> God, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, but I was. I was initially attracted to Montez Sweat's game because he's he's more of a power player. Like he's he's he wins with power, whereas Burns and Landry both win with bend and speed. And and I think having a guy that can win in a little bit different way than Landry would benefit the the defense. And that's why I, I do think Montez Sweat would be a great option. I think his combine probably ended any hope of the Titans actually seeing him at 19. I think most people expect him to go top 15 at this point. So I'd almost say top 10 some some places. Yeah, a lot of people a lot of people think if, he'll be a top if, 10 pick. If Sweat and Burns are there, yeah, at, at 19, who are you going? I mean, it would be a really tough call. I, I would say Burns is probably the more natural 3-4 player, if that matters to you. Um, I I personally would probably prefer Sweat slightly. Yeah. Um, I think that's where I would lean. But – and I also, you know – Very small margin. Very small margin, for sure. And I also think Cleland Farrell um, – or, I'm sorry, Cleland Farrell uh, is how it's supposed to be pronounced. And the Neptunes? In that conversation, too, I, I think that group right there—Sweat, Pharrell, and Burns—those are. I think those are the three that are really a possibility at nineteen from an Edra standpoint. And I, I, I hate Rashawn Gary, but we can talk about that another time. Um, but I think if you ended up with any of those three, you'd be very not, happy. Not attracted to Rashawn Gary. Not attracted to him. Can I can I mark Max Crosby off the list because he spells Max with two X's? No, no. is that I'm, petty? Yeah, no. I love Max. That is definitely petty. It's definitely petty, and, but and, is and it wrong? And wrong. Yes. I, I, He's I, really I, really good. I suspect I can't get past it. Max with two X's might be uh, Buck's favorite player if he can. Yeah. yeah, I think he what, would be into a what Max if, with two X's. I know he what doesn't if like he polite. was Crosby Max, and that's what he went by when he got here. Oh, that's way better. Last name. That's way better. Yeah, yeah, something, something. About what if he'd gone with three X's? That's then it, then it tur- <laughs> t- suddenly it turns and it's yeah. great again. Um, well, uh, do we need to take a break? Uh, I mean, we can probably hit these last few topics real quick okay. without getting in trouble. All right, we're 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 playing edgy, yeah. bad boys, Ooh. bad boys. A podcast. They probably don't listen to this. Anyway. <laughs> uh, NFL draft. Uh, is there anything that you feel absolutely certain will or won't happen in the first round of the NFL draft? I still hold to the fact that if the Cardinals are still there at one and they have not traded Josh Rosen, they are not drafting Kyler Murray. Mm. I am just, I, I, what good is drafting Kyler Murray when the rest of your team just sucks? I mean, there's really he's he's not to me he's not going to be someone that can elevate the rest of the team around him. 
It just depends on how much that coach wants that his guy, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I don't know. I still think it's all smoke screens and they're trying to trade out. I oh, really I, do. I absolutely think that's true. Yeah. I, I think I think I, I think option one A is trade out, option one yeah. B is draft whoever you're gonna draft anyway. I'll say this, and not not that this is impossible, but there are going to be a lot of reporters with some very big egg on their face if it is not Kyler Murray at this point. Because there are some people that have gone way out there with this and said it is a done deal. This is happening. And these are aren't like nobody reporters or anything like that. There's some pretty big guys that, that yeah. have waited out there and been like, you can go ahead and write this in stone now. Huh. So that if if Murray at one does not happen, there's gonna be some guys with some splaining to do. Splaining to yeah. do. Uh anything any other? What about guarantees? you, Mike? You got anything that you want to guarantee you now? Guarantee there's not gonna be a running back taken in the first round. Ooh. I I think there will be. I wish I could guarantee that, but yeah. I don't trust. You think NFL they finally teams. learned? I don't you think know. that all the they finally behave themselves. I don't no. think. I don't no. think they finally learn. Some some morons going to go draft Josh Jacobs and yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I don't. I don't know what. Uh, Talk about a guy that reminds me of Trent Richardson. I know nobody wants to hear it. Josh. I mean, from what I saw when I watched, I'm an Alabama fan, so I watched the games when I saw that he was talking. Well, they were talking about him getting drafted as high as Tampa Bay. They, they, I know they need a running back, but you don't need a running back that bad. I, I, I think there's they a just draft a first round. Running yeah, back? I, I was so confused, and it's 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 one of those things where I I think he's a round three grade. If I'm being honest, I'm going Daryl Henderson or even David Montgomery before I go Josh Jacobs myself. If if Tampa Bay, I'll say this: if Tampa Bay drafts Ronald Jones, uh, Vita Vea. And then Josh Jacobs in three consecutive years in the first round going running back, nose tackle running back in the first round, Jason Light should be fired on the spot. Like, they shouldn't let him off the draft stage. Yikes. Just take his job. Hmm. What What are some other guarantees? I guarantee you... At least ten cherry blossoms won't be <laughs> <laughs> won't be in downtown Nashville that are currently there. Well, I thought they were getting replaced by the ten dead. The, they were replacing the ten dead ones with those. Well, we so said during those the draft. Oh, okay, during the draft. Um, I guarantee that at least one player will be wearing cowboy boots. I almost said cowboy hat. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, some Ed Oliver, I think, would wear cowboy boots because he loved say. Nashville. He ate yeah. it up. Yeah, the uh, video of him was he uh, was he at Rippy's? Is that where? No, he was? I think he was at Lonnie's or Tootsie's or something. And, yeah, that's right. It looked like Tootsie's. Yeah. Um, and he was standing on a horse at one point. Yeah. I mean, standing. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was uh, riding up here listening to um, Brett Young. I mean, he was all about it, and it really. It really makes you wonder: Does he know something that we don't know? Is are they trading up for Ed Oliver? The Titans have given him a lot of attention. Yeah, I'll say that. I mean, it, I don't know if it's going to matter because I, I think the NFL would be really stupid to let him get out of the top ten. Yeah, but uh, are you willing to guarantee that both tight ends go in the first 
two rounds? Oh yeah, most I, definitely. I would guarantee there that is first round. I would almost say I'll, I'd almost say three tight ends could go in the first round. I'll guarantee that both Iowa tight ends go before pick nineteen. Yikes. Whoa, I don't know if I could do that, but I mean I think there's a more I think it's about a eighty percent chance that that happens. Cause I Packers need one. There's a lot of teams that have a glaring hole that could use one of those guys. Yeah. I mm. could see it. I could see I could see Irv Smith sneaking into the bottom if those two are gone and the Patriots are sitting there and they're like, shit, I, we need somebody. Even the Rams <laughs> really need somebody. So I could I could see it. Yeah, the Patriots the Patriots have got to get weapons. Yeah. They, they got are, they are Julian Edelman and nothing else right they're now. They're thirsty fucks. They're a bunch of thirsty turtles. <laughs> them and, and Tom Brady with his bad dad jokes. Yep. Let's see what else what else could happen there. Um who do you think uh who do you think is the first receiver off the board? Is it Metcalf? It's going to be Metcalf. I I just I um I I I really don't at one point it was Nikhil Harry was going to be the first one, but I really think that someone is going to take Metcalf in first. Yeah. I I, I, th- I still think Metcalf is going to end up being the guy. Do you think he goes top 10, though? I think he does. Yeah. I, I, I think that, well, uh, let me back. Yeah, I think so, because I, I think the Giants could take him. I think they could make a huge mistake and take him. Oh, I think the Raiders could yeah, take him. That's what Eli needs yeah. is a vertical threat. That's such a Raiders pick. Just oh, by the way, yeah. yeah, it is. I'm not entirely sure that they'll make it anymore because they got Tyrell and yeah. AB, um, and AB. So, but I still could see them just doing it because they're weird. But I, I really think the Giants could take DK Metcalf. What? Uh, how many trades do we think happens? Three. Exactly three. Exactly three. Right. I don't know. Probably like two. I feel like it's there's a bunch. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They they have been a lot more trade uh, wild this past like couple of years. Been some trades going on. Yeah. Yeah. The apparently uh Bills fans have donated a bunch of money to a Nashville charity to quote show us up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank wait, you. So the the Nashville wins the poll <laughs> yeah, and, and gets a bunch cha- of money. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, Bills thank fans. you, Buffalo. You dumbasses. <laughs> You, you kind-hearted, good-hearted dumbasses. That's funny. The, oh, wait a minute. Here we Bills, go. So, Bills fans are very weird. Amanda, who is at so-called Bills, SoCal Bills Mafia, she is the one that said that the Buffalo donates more money as a city than uh, Nashville does to charity, even though that's that's wrong. Um, they're donating a, a ton of money to the Nashville Children's Alliance. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. That's great. Yeah, well, you, you well, don't wonderful. prove anything other than you don't even want to spend money in your own city. Well, the, <laughs> thanks for <laughs> thanks for making our city a little bit yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. We just keep making that gap a little wider. <laughs> Enjoy your lake effects now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, do we want to touch on uh, things coming from uh, visits and workouts, or do we want to just? We can we can skip that. Skip I, I, I think maybe we can dive in. That deserves to be dived in a Next little week. bit deeper than what we can do right now. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, well, 
I think that's about it. Uh, be on it? the lookout for a special video coming uh, your way. Whoa. Fan from, content out the buttholes. Whoa. From the uh, from the superstar team of Zach Lyons, Mike Herndon, and Justin Graver. Multimedia. Um, looking forward to that. That should be coming to a a uh, computer screen near you. Um, thanks for listening, efforts. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you have not already it helps other people find the show and it uh it helps us out so um make sure to visit our sponsors and visit music city miracles for all your titans news and analysis and uh we're football and other f words and you've just been effed got effed you got effed just like buffalo did now be sure to show us up and donate to a local national charity. Please donate to our charities and really teach us a lesson. Yeah, you showed us. We'll know better than to mess with Bill's Mafia again. The Music City Miracle was a backwards lateral. Been proven scientifically, you flat earthers. I just sent her a message. Thanks for donating. Her thing was screenshot was be better. I said, "We thanks for donating to our local charities. We really appreciate it." <laughs>